Welcome to Progressive Perspective. I'm Sean Avolio. This episode, I have two of my comrades on. Uh, Mike, who started and manages the account Turn Leftist on Instagram, one of my absolute favorite accounts on all of social media. I highly recommend you give him a follow. Uh, and he brought on his buddy, Cosper. And we just shoot the shit, talk about socialism, communism, the election, horror films with leftist messages, our most controversial views, and uh, of course we talk shit about libs and more fun uh, related topics. Uh, so I'm just going to get right to it because it's uh, it's a pretty long uh, conversation. And uh, if you could please just leave me a five-star review uh, or uh, leave me a nice pretty comment and all of that stuff, um, that would be swell. <laughs> I really greatly appreciate it, and it really helps me out in a big way. So please just take a second to do that. And uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Cool, cool, cool. I'm excited, man. This will be yeah, fun. me too. It's a pleasure to finally uh, meet you off of Instagram. <laughs> yeah, right. oh, I'm Mike, by the way. Oh, I'm Sean. Nice to meet you. <laughs> That's actually one of the things I wanted to ask you since I first found your account. In reality, was uh, how do you feel about using your real name online? Like, are you not worried about getting doxxed by some alt-right guys or something? Uh, you know, it's crossed my mind, but no one has tried to yet, and it's basically a risk that I'm uh, willing to take at this point. <laughs> yeah. um, I live in a pretty large apartment building uh, in Brooklyn, and, um, you know, it would be hard. I, I wouldn't be too scared if someone talks me, honestly. <laughs> it's Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not like I have a house that's easier to get into. That's true. But uh, who knows? Maybe I'm being stupid. We'll see. <laughs> but I... You no, know, I mean, I think most people on the left seem to do that. Like, all the podcasts I listen to, it's all real people who use their real names. Yeah. You know? Right, yeah. Brett O'Shea is probably one of my favorites, and he says he's gotten docked several times, and he has, you know, a family. He's got young kids. and Oh, my gosh. Okay. Who? Brett O'Shea, the uh, Rev Left radio guy. Oh, okay. All right. <sighs> wow, that's crazy. I mean... I mean... I, the right is just so toxic, man. Yeah, it is, obviously. Uh, I, I'm i very um, liberal with the, with the block button, and um, uh, I have just blocked thousands and thousands of people, and I barely even hear from Trump supporters anymore. I feel like I've blocked them all or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I've had people ask me that. They're like, how come your comment sections aren't filled with like all these chuds and everything? I'm like, I block everyone. I, yeah. I, I really am like Stalin online. I just block everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And now I've uh, taken to blocking liberals and uh, there's certain issues that I am not willing to even uh, debate or argue about. It's just if you don't agree, you're out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that thing I sent you last night that I wrote up, um, that's kind of one of my main ideas. It's like, I don't really think that there's much use in online debate at this point, because yeah. it seems like people are firmly in their camps, and you're really not convincing people, and you're kind of just wasting your time. And especially with the right, like, it's a known tactic that they just want to waste your time. Yes. They, they openly say it in their own groups, and they say, just 
you know, flub people up with uh, whatever kind of bullshit you can, just waste their time, delay, 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 because the status quo benefits them. So as long as they keep things the same and don't make any progress, they're happy. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, they actively do that when they infiltrate uh, organizations like I'm a part of, like the DSA and PSL. They'll typically yeah. join and then stretch it out to make it as quote-unquote democratic as you can, which is basically just extrapolating and elongating every single movement that we make and making sure they want to make sure just like you said as much time can be taken as possible yeah so they're really there have been good now you can go i was just gonna say there have been like leaked documents from government agencies doing the exact same thing like the fbi agents and cia who infiltrate the dsa have exactly that tactic just to hamper discussion and make things not go anywhere. But go ahead, wow. what, what are you going to say? Oh, I'm, I'm just uh, surprised to hear that there's all these right wingers joining DSA just to what, uh, <laughs> cause chaos or, or, uh, what exactly, how do you find out that they are, um, doing that? I don't know. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, that's the hardest part about it because, you want to treat people with good faith. You want to act like everyone is there to really be genuine. And of course, you know, I'm sure DSA is probably even, you know, really, uh, what's the word? Just accepting of people like just straight white guys who are yeah. probably going to be the lo- the most likely ones to be agents, you know? Um, right. Hmm. Which is the same, but, you know, they'll use that tolerance against leftist groups, of course. Yeah, yeah. Are are we still waiting on? Uh... Oh no, Cosper's here. It's just the three of us. So I was actually going to ask you if you wanted to do an intro or if you just wanted to roll in or what. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's nice to meet you, Sean. You too. It's a, I like your name. Sorry Cosper. about that. I should I should have introduced you guys. <laughs> That's all right. Um, uh, I I do my own separate intro, so I don't need to do that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So I mean, whatever you want to talk about, uh, we're down. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> well, how do you guys normally get started? <laughs> uh, well, usually I, you know, we've only done this twice. We have okay. one episode in the bank and another one that we are currently editing to put out. Uh, right. So we're pretty new to this. And I guess I'm, I'm technically taking the leadership role in our podcast. And I usually just do an intro. And then we have a list of topics that we kind of go through. And then we just, you know, each put in whatever takes we have on them. Um, but I mean, however you want to do it. Obviously, this is your show. So uh uh, whatever you, uh, whatever your format usually is. Okay, I mean, I, I just, I just, just start talking. <laughs> um, so I did read that uh, Reddit uh, blog post that you sent me. That was very well written. I liked it a lot. Um, English major. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I guess I just want to talk about that, the term tanky, which um, I have just only recently started getting that term thrown at me. But um, (laughs) I I don't like it when people use it. And uh, I usually delete comments that use that term. (laughs) Um, But I guess uh, I just don't, I want people to understand what it means and where it comes from. Could you explain that? Yeah, I mean, so I actually had to look it up uh, when you asked me that last night, yeah. and I found that it refers to that, I guess, time in the Soviet Union when they rolled in the tanks against the other faction who didn't think that they were doing socialism the right way. And right. I guess the ones who supported that and that, that act of authoritarianism were called tankies. 
and the rest were were not. And it seems like that term is just carried over into modern day where you have, you know, I guess the more liberal left who doesn't like authoritarianism and just finds it distasteful. And then you have the authoritarian left who thinks that's just fine. And I fall into that latter group. And as I was explaining in my little post that I wrote that it is mostly just to be edgy online. Um, but also, I just think there is some value in willingly adopting a term that is used as a detriment to you. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm happy. Happy to be the scary commie online just because I think that's a necessary space that needs to be occupied. Right. Uh, after years of seeing the alt-right just turn openly fascist and white nationalist and not seeing any kind of real large movement to counteract that other than liberals who we know are just ineffective at best, um, it seemed to me like there should be at least some people who are being edgy and in the other direction. Yeah. Um, and I just think of it mostly as um, like what I imagine authoritarian leftism to be like is to forcefully have protections for marginalized people, to, to use authority to protect the people who are unable to protect themselves, which is ostensibly what democracy and civilized society is supposed to be even in the West. But we just know that institutions do not really work the way that they claim to work. Right. It's just how capitalism goes. They really only serve the wealthy and they don't serve the working class. So I feel like authoritarian communism should be the opposite of that. Yeah. Um, okay, so... I guess we'll just get into authoritarian communism. Obviously, people uh, are afraid of the idea of authoritarianism, and um, it's generally viewed as a very negative thing, but universally. So um, how how do you, uh, I guess, rationalize uh, being someone in favor of a kind of authoritarianism? I guess the way I think of it is more like the way people typically think of America or any other imperial country that they're defending because they live in it. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you think of America as this country that has made mistakes in the past. You know, if you ask any American what they think of all the imperialist aggression that it has taken part in, they will defend it and say, you know, we haven't always made the right decisions. And obviously yeah. lots of innocent people have been killed, but those were just uh, collateral damage along the way towards a better democracy. And we're always improving slowly, but surely. And eventually we will get to a point where, these kind of things won't happen and those won't be necessary. And I kind of feel like you can take that same point of view towards communist projects. Uh, if you're just willing to accept communism as an ideology, you can recognize those as mistakes. And I think that's where the term critical support, critical support comes in. You have, you express support for a communist country, but you can recognize the mistakes that they make and view those as something to be learned from and not repeated rather than emulated. And I think that tankies, uh, for lack of a better word, I guess Marxist-Leninist is the correct term. They view the, those things that way. But tankies, I guess, have the uh, stereotypical reputation of defending those things. And I think that mostly is ironic. I know that that's how I view it. Like when I yeah. say Stalin was actually a good guy or Pol Pot did nothing wrong, I don't actually mean that. It's just fun to be edgy online and it's fun to meme and especially fun to piss off right-wingers. So that's you, where it comes in. Wow. So you don't think... Stalin was a good guy? What do you think he was? <laughs> I think he probably was mostly a good guy, but he definitely yeah. did some shit that was not cool. Like, I don't think that Stalin was 100% a good guy, just like I don't think anyone is 100% a good of guy. Of course, of course. I do the, the great man theory of history. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that doesn't mean we can't say that he accomplished a lot, like beating the fucking Nazis. Like, I think that yeah. that gives you a lot of credit in my eyes. So Right, I, I would agree. And uh, as someone who was educated in public schools up until college, um, 
in America, I actually didn't even know that Stalin was against Hitler. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I had no idea. I thought that he was basically another kind of Hitler. And I just mm-hmm. did not mm-hmm. know. And I still I don't I still don't know how to educate myself about uh Stalin's history because so much of it um is just propaganda. Uh, Cold War propaganda. It's just anti-communist propaganda and uh, pro-American imperialism. And uh, it's I don't know where to start with learning about <laughs> what this guy did. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I haven't really spent that much time looking into the nitty-gritty details of all the history either. Uh, yeah, Oscar, I don't know if that's more your area of expertise. Have you spent much time with it? I mean. It takes a time, or it takes some time to get into the nitty-gritty of studying that type of stuff, but I think for everybody, ease of access, you could look at a podcast called Pearls of the Roundtable, and they do a pretty good job okay. giving you information that's not so propagandized. Okay. I'll put... Yeah, I highly recommend that one to anybody. That's by I mean, far one of my favorite podcasts. Absolutely. You can also go on Marxist.org, which has a lot of free literature that Joseph Stalin wrote and spoke. He has really good takes out there well it's also i think the most important part to recognize within all this is that in order to create a better form of socialism anywhere we must recognize and critique that which has existed before right absolutely yeah okay Do, would you recommend any writers um at all that rover come to fur. mind sorry uh, rover fur oh rover rover fur Grover, Grover, the guy from Sesame Street. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the only human I've ever heard of named Grover. But yeah, he's a historian, and he mostly uh, writes about Stalin because he's probably one of the foremost researchers on Stalin. And he is known for giving another perspective other than the Cold War propaganda. And he actually was on Polls of the Roundtable. I think that was one of their later episodes before the podcast ended. But, um, yeah, just in general, that podcast will open your eyes to a, a different perspective about a lot of things. Their episode on North Korea is particularly good, uh, or it's the DPRK. Apparently, it's disrespectful to even call them North Korea. But wow. um, that and Cuba, I thought, were particularly good because those will really open your eyes and give you a different perspective than anything you'll get from just Western media at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, I... didn't Grover Fur go to Princeton, by the way? If I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, he's a really accomplished guy. Like he's he's a serious dude. Yeah, he's, but he still doesn't get taken seriously in academic guy. circles because of yeah. what he chooses to write about. Right. Right. Similar to Richard Wolf or someone of that nature. Exactly. Richard Wolf is another Chad dude. That guy is phenomenal. <laughs> so I I don't get why he wouldn't be taken seriously, especially if uh Oh, I think you get it just fine, Sean. I think you understand the bias against communism in the West. Well, yeah, I get that. But say, like, what about in academic circles? Is he is he taken seriously there? I mean, I went to Columbia and uh, most of my professors were Marxists. So (laughs) um, look at you. But I studied I studied anthropology and human rights. um, But it was mainly the anthropology professors who were Marxists. And um, <laughs> I mean, they were almost completely uh, all socialists and communist. But uh, I'm sure if I was studying econ, it'd be a different story. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there's various uh, departments uh, related to anthropology uh, that are filled with these types of thinkers. I would think that, I don't know, that they, that uh, 
there would be more respect, at least in academia, for these types of people like Grover. But I yeah. don't know. I'm just. <laughs> I mean, we can dream, can't we? But I mean, as long as they're getting the message out there, I think that's the important part. As long as it is there for us to find. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I've gotten most of my information about any of these things from just hanging out in tanky safe spaces. You yeah. Know, like Discord servers or Reddit forums where people talk about this kind of stuff and they offer an alternate perspective of what we usually hear. And the general idea that I've gleaned from it all is that, yeah, a lot of these communist projects have made mistakes and there definitely were things that were atrocities that were just committed because people were being people. They were being greedy, they were being selfish, whatever kind of laws that they had. But that doesn't mean that communism as an ideology is at fault for that or is inherently responsible in any way for starvation or mass murder or any of the things that people typically attribute to it when they are just coming from a Cold War propaganda standpoint. Right, right. Okay. I listened to your episode with uh, the decadent socialists, and I remember you guys mentioned the Uyghur genocide in China. And yeah. I think that's another similarly really incendiary topic. Uh, but I think that, you know, your opinion that you guys expressed is very similar to mine, which is, yeah, I'm sure China is doing something that is not good, that we as leftists who value human rights would not, you know, condone. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a genocide on the level of the Holocaust. There's probably, from what I've read about it, there is a level of national security to it where these people are apparently participating in an ideology that China thinks is detrimental to building socialism. Yeah. And whether you agree that China is building socialism or not, um, you know, that seems to be their point of view. And you have to just, I guess, take it with a try to take a balanced perspective on it and just also recognize that the U.S. has a really great interest in making China look bad and making it seem like their human rights abuses are so much worse than anyone else's because China is the only nation that really, I think, at this point poses any threat to U.S. imperialism. Right, right. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, I uh, am very pro-China. Whenever I support, <laughs> whenever I post about uh, topics related to China, I get I get so much pushback. And no, dude, yeah. it's just... I don't get what uh, they always bring up the Uyghur Muslims and and these same types of people won't say anything about all the Muslims that uh, the United States has slaughtered in the Middle East. And um, it's just awfully uh, hypocritical and uh, it's hard to take these types of people seriously. I, I basically started blocking them at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... I don't even know how to um, how to get to these people at all. It's very frustrating for me. Um, and it's like whenever you praise any of these countries for something they did or whatever, uh, people take it as, oh, you you think that they've done no wrong. It's a perfect country. No, obviously, every country has its shit, its problems. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm an internationalist. I am. I don't believe that uh, the United States is the greatest fucking thing to ever happen to this planet. <laughs> How dare you? I mean, I think it's the worst thing, <laughs> really. <laughs> but um, anyway, it's. Uh, I uh, are you seriously going to go against the Lincoln Project right now? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I fucking hate those guys. <laughs> Just consider consider your actions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a tough position to be in to try to defend China, especially just from the West. Like, for me, my my end take on it, I guess, is like, what does it really matter to us in the West? Like, 
And also, what right do we have as people living in a country with literal concentration camps on our borders that we are doing nothing of material to stop? Like, as much as we like to feel like we're doing something memeing online, these concentration camps are just getting worse every day, and there's not really much that we even can do about it. So I don't really think that we have much of a standpoint to criticize China or any country for human rights abuses yeah. uh, without looking like utter hypocrites. Uh, yeah, but I also, totally. before I go on another rant, I did want to ask Cosper, because I've never asked you about it. Like, do you have any kind of stance or any different take on China? Uh, I think it is very wise to offer critical support in China, or for China, my apologies. Yeah, I'm not that well educated on them. I just know that whenever people start talking about China, it's usually in a negative light. And sadly enough, I've never done enough research to get into it. Yeah. My fight typically is usually that of here in the United States, the areas that I'm educated in are Cuba and the USSR and stuff of that nature. So I also, the way that I came into, I guess, Marxist thought is through theory in itself. And this is going to out me as a theory nerd, but I read Hegel when I was younger, and that just kind of leapfrogged me into Marx. So, yeah, not that experienced in China. Right. It's so funny. You came about it the, the backwards way. It seems like most leftists that I've talked to, they find theory later on. They just kind of find leftism because it seems natural to them or just seems like, you know, to come net, just is their point of view coming into it. And then they find all the theory and just bolster that with the actual, you know, the science of dialectical materialism yeah yeah i, I think it's sim similar in a way for me still because i, I like still had like quote-unquote left ideas but only that which was presented to me at the time here in america like i thought bernie was amazing and mm -hmm. keep in mind i'm 22 uh, and 16 when bernie ran i was just old enough to start voting so yeah. i was like you know that's radical extremist stuff compared to what i've been exposed to in my life right for bernie yeah. And then I had got eventually gotten to the point to where I was reading people like uh, who had developed idealism, which would be, you know, Kant, Hegel, what have you. And then someone, one of my friends in the philosophy group that I was a part of was like, we should read about historical materialism and how it relates to the views on or how it affects feminism and stuff, because we were going into a lot of feministic studies. And we got into authors like Simone de Beauvoir. Yeah. And Ladre Lord, people of that nature. So yeah, that's really how I came into Marxism. Yeah, yeah. I had to, I had to read some Simone uh, in college, and um, I I basically started with theory because uh, my professors made me read all these <laughs> great leftist thinkers. Like I had to read a ton. Yeah, I had to read a ton of Marx and Engels um, in anthropology and in. I took a course called Philosophy and Feminism, read a lot of angles in that, and like Emma Goldman and stuff. Um, and that kind of planted the seeds that would later uh, grow into me being a full-blown commie. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, when I graduated, I was still a believer in capitalism, and basically Trump's election is what radicalized me. And what I had already learned just kind of uh, bolstered, I guess, that radicalization. It, that's that's when finally all that theory that I had to read that was grueling for me at the time uh, meant something, really. <laughs> I mean, I remember enjoying yeah. them, reading Marx and Engels and really enjoying what they had to say. But still, it wasn't enough for me until Trump's election. Who knows? We all get to... Uh, 
our leftist position differently, I guess. I don't know. It's <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's just we're in a really good time right now because there is so much information out there. Like, I really haven't read much theory at all. I find it really dense and kind of difficult to get through. Yeah. And I find that I have to read this. Like, even as an English major who's used to reading, like, early American literature or stuff from even before that that's really tough to read, I find it just really difficult. I have to read the same sentences over and over again to really get the full meaning out of them. Yeah. But I do find that I get a lot more out of podcasts or YouTube videos or even just talking to people online who are more familiar with it than I am. And I feel like it's great to have that there because there almost is no excuse to not be able to be familiar with this kind of stuff if you really want to. Um, and right. the only the last thing I say I will say about being a tanky, I guess, uh, that kind of relates to this is like when I see somebody say, you know, the Uyghur genocide in China or communism killed millions or commies no food or any of the stereotypical things, that's basically just a red flag for me that this person has done no research of their own besides what they've passively absorbed from living in the West their whole life and just accepting that as gospel and right so yeah. then i just know right away i don't really need to waste a lot of time talking to this person trying to convince them because it's it's a fruitless endeavor it's just not going to happen yeah and i think i mean i went on a slight you rant earlier on instagram brother, they today. got their degree through prager U. <laughs> <laughs> a totally valid university with no bias whatsoever <laughs> it's not I mean, a fucking I genocide that... i can't stand it when people call it genocide because it's not a genocide <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even at its worst, if you really take the, the worst stuff, like, it all comes from the same sources. It's all Adrian Zenz. It's all, like, these same sources that are all saying the same things. And so much of it has been disproven. I don't know if you guys happened to see the other day, but Cuba just released a statement saying they stand in solidarity with China and, like, the improvements that they've made in the Xinjiang province, which is where this is all supposed to be taking place, and saying that China is doing a great job combating domestic terrorism at home because apparently there is a significant movement of people that want to hurt china and i guess a lot of them are Uyghur muslims and you know it's an ideology that china finds counter revolutionary so yeah or, i mean just counter to their state security right so uh what do you what do you guys have any topics you want to talk about <laughs> um off the top of my head i mean there's definitely a lot going on in the news as there always is because we are definitely, it seems at that point where decades are happening in weeks, uh, as Lennon said. So there's no shortage of things to talk about. I mean, we could definitely talk about what we think is going to happen with the election. Uh, the other night when we were recording, I asked Sterling and Cosper if they wanted to make a wager on what they think is going to happen with the election, who's going to win. Uh, I'd be interested to hear what you think, Sean. Yeah, well, I, I think Biden is going to win but I wouldn't be surprised if Trump won. Um, it's just, I, prior to the pandemic, I would have said Trump was going to win, but I do think yep. the pandemic changed everything. And um, people are scared and people are literally dying. And um, they, I think most Americans recognize that this has been handled horribly. So I, I do think, judging by what I see to just online and talking to some of my friends here in New York, people are more like motivated than ever to vote blue. I'm not, I'm voting green for the record, yeah. but, um, <laughs> I, uh, I just have not seen this kind of like universal kind of, uh, agreement that everyone needs to vote and get rid of Trump. Um, I don't know. I, 
I, I'm just not happy at all with this whole situation, and it depresses me so much. I hate Biden with a passion. I mean, when I was wishing death on Trump the last week or whenever he got COVID, I mean, I've been wishing well, death. You're gonna get yourself banned, Sean. <laughs> I've I've been wishing death on Biden for years. I mean, I, I, which is crazy because it seems like it should have happened forever ago. I don't know how he's still alive. Yeah, I I absolutely despise him and part of me feels like um uh it's even worse to have someone like biden in because he is a white supremacist and uh, a fascist in my book and uh you know as pro-capitalist as it gets and completely in the pocket of the ruling class and every horrible lobby like the fossil fuel lobby and everything and um if someone like that is in then the liberals will go back to sleep and there will be less of a movement. Even I think a lot of leftists are going to go back to sleep, too, uh, when he wins. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, judging by what I've been seeing, people, a lot of leftists seem to be supporting him. And um, uh, if Quote the, leftists. Yeah, 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 that's good point. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, could that be worse, having someone like that where uh, our movements kind of lose steam? Uh, and uh, Biden is able to kind of covertly uh, get through this sinister uh, capitalist agenda. I mean, everything's out in the open with Trump. And I think that's why so many people, uh, why a lot of these at least wealthier people hate him, because he says all the things you're not supposed to say. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and the way you're not supposed to say them. Yeah, exactly. You're supposed to couch it in the language of, you know, free markets and freedom and all that stuff. And he's just openly xenophobic, openly racist, openly just everything. Right. And, you know, the ruling class hates that. It really makes them look bad. Yeah. But it, it, it drives me crazy when people say, oh, Trump is just so different. This is like a, a Hitler situation. President, like. Yeah. Um, no, he's basically he's he. All the Republicans think exactly like he does. He's just very. Yeah, he's just mask off. Yes, he's very crass and unsophisticated and just a trash, a trash person. I mean, all Republicans are trash, but um, <laughs> he's very open about how much of <laughs> a piece of trash he is, and uh, <laughs> you know, he's just he's not very eloquent. He. <laughs> Um, he's just, uh, basically, uh, I know liberals love this, this line. Uh, Trump is, um, he's, he's what poor people think that, uh, a rich person is. <laughs> mm -hmm. And obviously that's a very classist statement, but what they're trying to say <laughs> is just that, you know, uh, Trump is an unsophisticated, uh, crass blowhard. Um, you could say it without being classist, but do you hear people say that line? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I can see coming from a working class evangelical family, I do see the truth in that statement. <laughs> but um, at the same time, it's like, that's pretty uh, anti-worker to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, what do you guys think is going to happen? With the election. I think, uh, Cosper, when we talked about this the other night, I think we were both in agreement that we think Biden's going to win, right? I do think Biden's going to win, yeah. 
Yeah, it was only Sterling on our podcast who still thinks that Trump is going to win. I mean, for myself, I've never in my life seen this many people paying attention to politics at all. Yeah. It just comes down to that. Like, I mean, never before. Yeah. yeah. There's been 6.6 million early votes already. Yeah. And that was reported four days ago, I think. So probably more by now. Okay. <sighs> yeah, I think that's that's unprecedented, isn't it? Correct. I was blowing the numbers completely out of the water. But yeah, part I think of that we actually may see a landslide victory for the first time in our lives. Huh. Hmm. We'll see. I don't know. I, I can tell you right well, now. I still can't rule out Trump stealing it. Let me say that. I cannot rule it out because that's what people have been saying for a while that um you know, they think that day of the election that Trump will get more votes because his supporters are not scared of going out in public masks or no masks and rubbing elbows with everyone because they don't think that COVID is real. So they're going to go to the polls and enforce, and then the mail-in ballots will trickle in. But, um, you know, just like, um, in the primaries, when Buttigieg won Iowa, uh, quote, won Iowa. And just because the news station started saying that he did, or he started saying that he did, and then Bernie had to try and play catch up with the actual vote tallies and it just didn't even work for him. And people think that it's going to be the same kind of scenario with the general and that Trump also has the backing of all kinds of violent far right people and military and police and that he's going to use that to advantage to kind of steal the election, which, yeah, I definitely cannot rule that out. I just think that because so many people have been paying attention, uh, I've said for the last four years, the one good thing that Trump has done is really strengthen the left in America. I've never seen this many people willing to call themselves socialists willing to say that they're resisting the government and that they hate the right wing. And just, like I said, paying attention to politics, um, I fully expect them to go back to brunch if Biden wins, uh, which is a disappointing thing to think of. But I suppose it will be nice to not have to think about Donald fucking Trump in office every day. You know, I, I would like that as much as anybody else. I just, I would like it more if we did have a politically active left in this country that was really dedicated to taking action and doing things other than voting every four years when they finally decide to pay attention. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I know that when Biden wins, I will probably feel even more frustrated seeing all these people not caring about all the shit that he's doing that's bad. Um, yeah, he's going to kill just as many people as Trump. They're just going to be in faraway countries and we're not going to have to hear about it and people will feel better when they go to work every day. That's yeah. really what it comes down to. Yeah. And I'm not convinced that uh, Trump is even the reason why the pandemic is so bad in this country. I mean, I just feel like it's American culture is the problem uh, that people are. That's so, interesting. I, I yeah, I think I, I don't think it would have been that much better if Biden were president. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I wonder if Hillary was in office right now, if people would have taken the pandemic more seriously and people would have worn the masks. Cause, I don't know. I mean, I wonder. I do wonder a lot, to be honest, what the right in America would be like if Trump had lost, because it seems like they were already as cultish in 2015 in the campaign running up to the election as they are now. They've just gotten, you know, they've definitely gotten more fervent, but that yeah. was always there. And he really riled that up. And I wonder if that would have, you know, been the anti-mask crowd now. Oh, yeah, Hillary it would have. I think it would be a lot worse if Hillary were in office. That right wing anti-mask uh, QAnon movement, I think, would be much worse um i mean the the hatred that they have for the clintons is just off the charts and uh the things that they said back during that 
the 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 her campaign and everything about her uh what we saw then um was just frightening and of course i i don't like her or anything so i'm not like defending her but um obviously the right takes it too far especially those QAnon people um yeah. with like pizzagate shit and all that are we, yeah are we just seeing that again now yeah yeah uh, but they have their man in office. I mean, they've literally brought up the the Obama investigation <laughs> coming towards this Biden. Uh, it's just repetitive at this point. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. It is so beyond ridiculous. I mean, I think if there's one central problem um, that's going on in the country right now is that we have a huge portion of the population that is literally in a cult. They are in a cult. There is nothing that you can say to these people that will get through to them. There's no amount of data or facts or any version of what is reality that you can show them that will convince them out of the delusion that they're in. And not only that, but we have the entire opposite side of the country, like the quote mainstream left in America, that is not even addressing this, let alone coming up with any kind of solution. Right, right. Well, because they think that getting Trump out will just solve everything. So, <laughs> Which is just so delusional. Yeah. Um, so are you guys going to vote? I'm voting for Lariva. Casper, you're voting Biden, right? Correct, Amanda. Okay. Yeah, it looks like the breakdown here is the same as on our own podcast because uh, Sterling, he's voting for Howie Hawkins. Oh, okay. Um, I, I love Howie Hawkins. I'm sure he's great, but I love Lariva. I did consider it. Um, I guess I just went with Hawkins uh, because um, you know there's just, it's it's a more well known party, and I feel like. Uh, to see the Green Party get a certain amount of votes could make some kind of statement. I don't know. <laughs> I just that, know. I mean, that is the one way I'll say I could be convinced. You could convince me to vote for Howie Hawkins. You definitely can't convince me to vote for Biden. I mean, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, I would never vote for Biden. I will never vote for anyone, again, who's to the right of Bernie in any way. So I disparage you, Cosper. I totally understand why you're doing it. I just yeah, myself. yeah. I I'm not vote shaming. Where coming from? Yeah, I have consciously I've made a decision to not vote shame anyone. <laughs> so um, that <laughs> don't take it that way. I'm just just explaining why I'm voting the way I am. This is the first time I'm ever voting green. Right. So yeah, yeah. Um, Very I, nice. <laughs> Uh, well, if it makes y'all feel any better, everyone I've ever voted for is lost. So. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you're 22. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I've only voted for Bernie. So. Well, the first person I voted for was Hillary Clinton against Barack Obama. <laughs> oh no. Uh, I mean, Damn. I know, I know. I was such a lib. Was that when he slunk? <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? A recurring topic for us, Sean. What? <laughs> what did you say? Uh, there was this tweet that I said, was that when he slonged her? Because oh, yes, I listened. Slonged her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Trump tweet. I listened to your first podcast <laughs> episode. You talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> Very common political discourse, apparently. It was actually the closest primary in history but <laughs> not that i'm defending hillary <laughs> because i fucking hate her now but at the time i didn't care really i was just this i just moved to new york and i had recently come out of the closet and i was just this big 
fucking queen and i just thought she was fierce like i didn't <laughs> i didn't care about her policies at all <laughs> yeah. i mean you guys might not understand if you're straight no, uh, I, totally <laughs> I thought the same way about uh, obama like i was so hopeful like when when this country elected a man named barack hussein obama i had my eyes blown up and i was like oh my god this country is nowhere near as bad as i thought maybe this country is much more tolerant and you know, progressive than I than I pictured. Yeah. Because, you know, a guy like that was even able to win. And then I was quickly proven wrong, not only by Obama's just abysmal presidency where he showed himself to not be a progressive in any real way whatsoever, but yeah. then the follow up by electing a literal white nationalist. It's like I was yeah, that's definitely what radicalized me was the eight years of Obama and then the yeah. election of Trump just pushed me pushed me into the tanky territory. Yeah. Yeah. What I'll say about that real quick, Sean, if you don't mind, is mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons that I am voting Biden is because I think that if he gets elected, we stand less of a chance of having something like, you know, gay marriage being overturned or Roe v. Wade. Yeah. I think those are real material things that, that matter and stuff that I don't want to see even turned, even if, you know, it, it means I'm not a leftist anymore. I'd rather someone have at least that right. Right. Uh, I will say I think the most convincing argument for Biden is the Supreme Court argument, uh, particularly for things like Roe v. Wade. Um, and that's like the one thing that gives me kind of just pause to think about it. But um, at the end of the, the projection, maybe you know more about the Supreme Court than me, but I assumed that that was kind of an invalid argument now that RBD died. Is there are there some other right. that we'll that's what I stepping down the next four years? Well, I think is it Breyer who's also ancient or um uh they're all very very yeah and Clarence Thomas yeah, there's another he's dead yeah. Clarence Thomas is there's another um a couple of them are very old and could die at any moment so <laughs> well, I mean then, then it is still about an argument <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um I guess uh, I I do think differently about the courts. I mean, I think the Supreme Court should be completely abolished. But also the fact that RBG already died, um, <laughs> kind of, I think that they're going to get this Coney Barrett uh, monster in before yeah, Biden is inaugurated. And um, uh, yeah, you know, I... Uh, if Roe v. Wade, I don't think gay marriage would ever be overturned, actually. And, um, you know, obviously I could be wrong, but uh, I I think, <laughs> I, and this I'm the only person who has made this argument <laughs> uh, I, that I know of, but, but I think the reason why the LGBTQ rights movement moved so quickly, I mean, it was just all of a sudden uh, we had all, uh, we had... Um, all these rights that we should have already had. But um, I think it's because of the fact that uh, there are just so many rich white gay men that are very influential um, in Washington <laughs> and um, they just have a lot of money. So they were able to expedite the gay rights movement. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> so I never thought about it that way. That's an interesting take. Yeah, I mean, I just... But of course, it's uh, living as a gay man in New York for all these years. I just have, I have so many uh, rich white gay friends and um, have dated some and have just fucked a ton. And <laughs> I mean, it's really uh, seeing like 
the influence that they have. I mean, uh, one of my friends um, just uh, uh, had his birthday and on he they did like a Zoom call uh, where he had some of his friends on to celebrate his birthday and Nancy Pelosi was on the call. Uh, wow. The, 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 the guy who's going up against Lindsey Graham for Senate is, was on the call. And I think um, another one, the uh, the other South Carolina black politician who was instrumental in getting Biden elected, I forget what his name is, but uh, they were on the call. So anyway, I have I know a lot of people like this. <laughs> That's incredible, dude. And they just they have so much influence. And I really think there's no way that it could go backwards because of the influence of these people. Anyway, that's that's just what I think. <laughs> um, but Roe v. Wade, I do think, um, could easily be overturned. And uh, the good thing, I mean, it's not the worst thing, given that uh, most of the blue states have uh, laws on the books to secure to keep uh, the right to abortion secure in that state. But obviously people in left states or i mean red states will be fucked um i mean they would have to drive a long distance and go into a blue state to get an abortion but uh a lot of people don't know that if roe v Wade was overturned uh abortion is still gonna be legal in half the states <laughs> um oh, no, I didn't realize that. but obviously i am a, i'm as pro abortion as it gets um like mm. i am like you can have an abortion for any reason up until the due date. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and so I... actually for mandatory abortions for everyone? Just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, I, you know, I, I don't know what else to say about that. I hope it doesn't get overturned. You know, that is a good argument to vote for Biden. What do you think, uh, Mr. Stalin, young Stalin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I like young Stalin. That's probably better than white. But um, no, I mean, I really wouldn't put any kind of horrific situation out of the realm of possibility if Trump wins. Like what I typically say to people who are trying to vote Jamie and to vote for Biden because they say, "Oh, that's really privileged of you to not think about you know all the marginalized people that are going to be hurt if Trump wins again." I'm like, do you understand? Like, I'm a vocal leftist online. Like, I wouldn't be surprised in any way if I just got locked up in a cage if Trump wins. Like day after the election because that could easily just be something that he does when he feels like he has right. a mandate for his second term and just has nothing else to lose and i still won't vote for biden because i just cannot morally vote for this guy with so many like sexual assault allegations and the history of just racism and segregationist policy that he's got behind him i just can't bring myself to do it um maybe if i still felt like trump had a shot at winning i possibly could be pushing that direction but i really can't even say that I don't know. That's a possibility for me. I, don't, I just can't think of any real situation where I would really be pressed to pull the lever for Biden, um, yeah. even thinking that my own personal safety or that of my family's might be at risk. Um, I just feel like if Trump wins, yeah, I might be fleeing to Canada, but that's still a better option than than voting for Biden. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Even if I were in a swing state, I would not vote for Biden. That's how radical I've become. So <laughs> I would not. Yeah, I'm in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, that's that's a pretty important one, this cycle. <laughs> um, I would move to Iceland, though, not Canada. <laughs> Canada is just a... Nice. 
Canada has all kinds of fucking problems. I mean, <laughs> well, no, it's, it's just close. It's not that Canada is that much better. It's just yeah. <laughs> I would prefer Iceland or Denmark, but the more you read about all these countries that were that like the Bernie people like to say are just you know great leftist havens or something. Um, uh, there are shit shows too. There's all kinds of issues in these countries. Um, There's no real safe space for any leftists or communists in the world. I yeah, mean, the whole yeah. world is just dominated by capital. Um, you know, that goes back to why I feel like I should be a tanky online. It's just to provide that kind of space where people can feel comfortable being leftist and saying whatever take that they have that's super controversial in a capitalist-dominated world. Um, right. I like to provide that for somebody, you know, I feel like that's a necessary thing. We have to build some kind of community that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Do either of you guys, I, I'd actually meant to ask this on my own podcast, but I kind of wanted to, what do you guys think is your most controversial opinion? If you have one. Um, I support. I know I'm probably putting down the spot. That's like, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Well, I'm trying to think if there's something worse than this. Well, not worse, uh, but uh, I no, I don't know if I should say. <laughs> that sounds like a real thing. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'm comfortable saying that. I mean, I think we need a violent revolution in which we. We drag the ruling, all the ruling class elites into the streets and publicly execute them. I, Wait, I, th I thought that was like leftism 101. <laughs> there's a lot who aren't. Yeah, there's, a, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, probably more in yeah, your those space. Are, those are all the libs that we block. Yeah, but like half my followers are libs, okay? And I think it's part of it is because of my username. So, <laughs> you know, I have a pretty lib username. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, the, yeah, I gotta say, I was surprised by your page once I followed you. I was like, oh, this guy's actually pretty cool. You know, the username, like you said, I pictured you being like a Hillary stan. Yeah, it started that way. It started that way. I was a Hillary stan. I voted for Hillary against Bernie. Well, no, I mean, I pictured, I pictured you still being there. I'm glad to see that you've woken up and radicalized. Yeah, I, I regret it completely. Uh, I'm humiliated. When did you write in? You're still with her. Oh, <laughs> uh, I do. I do have a still with her pin <laughs> that I that I wore that I wore to the women's march, the first one. <laughs> uh, no. Sean, I gotta block you now. I'm sorry, buddy. Oh God, I wouldn't blame you. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it was good being on the podcast. <laughs> That's so embarrassing. I I really can't stand. The Clintons now, like they will be the first at the guillotine. Period. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll have an extra little guillotine for Clinton's dick that he rapes all those women with. Yeah, let's let's do it. <laughs> oh God. Um, <laughs> the one thing I'll say about a hot take or whatever that I've posed is the only thing I've said that's gotten a lot of feet like backlash from my friends is like I don't think anybody minus farmers should own vehicles. Like cars. Oh, that's a good one. I love that. I think, yeah, that's a really good one. <laughs> I don't think that it's like a necessity at all. I think that if public transportation was good enough and people could like, you know, ride bikes or something of the nature, uh, there's a lot of central planning that goes along with that. Tape. Yeah. But uh, the only real people of true necessities to have like trucks or cars, I think, in what I see, obviously, are 
exceptions like contractors, what have you, outside of that. I'm generalizing here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the general public could do without it. Mm-hmm. And it would be much more efficient and it would bring more community in the country or the world really to be able to because it's alienating being in your little car your little box by yourself wherever you travel for like an hour or whatever it builds more community whenever you're on public transport you can ask anybody who uses it right yeah i use it almost every day i'm a new yorker i haven't had a car since oh heck yeah i was a teenager and uh, i'm 32 now so um that's awesome (laughs) yeah uh I have said before that uh, humans really have no business getting behind a wheel because uh, they're just such shitty drivers. <laughs> and one of the top causes of death is car accidents. And Yeah, there's no way that if we yeah. were going to start from scratch inventing transportation, this is what we would decide on with all the knowledge that we had now. This is terrible, but we're only doing it because we've done it for so long. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, car culture is a particularly American thing. Um, and Cosper, yeah, you're right on the money. Like that's a great take and it is very alienating. It is very just, you know, it separates you from everyone else. It's terrible the way it does that, but like everything else in capitalism, I feel like that's gotta be somewhat intentional. Yeah, totally. Um, more than likely. So, I mean, that's I, mean I know that the stifling the public transportation aid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I'm all about high-speed rail. That's what I want more than anything. Um, Hell yeah. Uh, well, uh, I mean, yeah, that comes from, like, I, I've lived OTP, which is just outside the perimeter for everybody in Georgia. Growing up most of my life, and since I go to college in Georgia State now, I use MARTA and, like, our public transportation system, and it's pretty useful. It's a lot better than not, you know? Yeah, yeah. Even during COVID? During COVID, I have been able to, obviously. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, that's kind of the one caveat there is like when you have kind of a communicable disease, if people are just transferring airborne, that's a little sketchy. Yeah, but you know, I still take the subway and it's never been cleaner. They like really clean it every night, I guess, now. And before. It still smells, though. Uh, well, the stations themselves smell because um, oh, okay. people pee in there and stuff. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> just years and years of piss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the cars don't, unless um, like uh, a homeless person decided to go to sleep there, <laughs> um, and sometimes that will make the car smell. But um, that uh, doesn't have to be that way. And I don't blame the homeless people at all. I uh, only blame the ruling class for that. <laughs> um, so. Uh, but the cars really smell clean now, and people all wear masks. It's very strict here with the mask wearing in New York. So um, it, it's like people look down on you if you don't wear it. So um, I gave a lady the finger in Walmart the other day, and she was like, really? I'm like, yeah. She's like, are you serious? I'm like, very. Get the fuck away from me with your mouth breathing. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, we just, you know, we had a Don Jr. hosted a rally today, like 20 minutes away from my house. So really I'm uh. about not being able to go go outside in my area for like two weeks now. Yeah. The last thing I saw on TV before jumping on here tonight was a Trump rally with everyone shoulder to shoulder, not a mask in the audience. Yep. And it was, I got to say, it made me a little happy. All I said was boomer remover. And I walked away. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Just it seems like the right people don't die. So, 
I mean, it's always. I mean, that was my take when when I learned that Trump got COVID. Was like he's not gonna die. Like not <laughs> yeah, only because he has care, he has the best medical care in the in the country really right now. That he also doesn't want to subsidize to the general public if that doesn't tell you anything. But on top of that, bad people typically just don't die. Like. I know. <laughs> yeah. Matter, man. And that shit is exactly why I don't believe in karma. It, there's no fucking karma. <laughs> no, that is no, dude. I wish bullshit. I wish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because the bottom line is the worst people run the planet and uh, they get yeah, everything they want. a long time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, uh, uh, young Stalin, is it Mike? <laughs> I forgot your yeah, name. Yeah, it's Mike. Okay, Mike. Yeah. It's such, a, it's such a boring name. I don't blame you for getting uh, it. No, I'm horrible with names. But um, uh, what is your most controversial view? Did you say it? I well, uh, no, I didn't. I, okay. um, I actually said it today on Instagram. And it's, uh, I didn't get any flack for it, surprisingly, but I also didn't get much engagement on this post. Like, it was a very, like, it kind of just slipped under the radar, but... Um, mine is that free speech, I don't think is a valuable right. And I think it's kind of outlived its usefulness. Wow. Um, okay. And I just think like, go ahead. looking at our current situation, like going back to what I was saying before about how a significant portion of this country is in an absolute cult. Um, I feel like that is kind of the fault of free speech and we're not even so much free speech itself, but valuing free speech just in itself. Yeah. Um, a while ago, when I was listening to Prol's pod, they had mentioned, they said, no investigation, no right to speak. And it caught my ear, but I didn't know really what it meant. And I looked it up, and it's kind of a Maoist thing. And the premise of it is basically like, as I understand it, yes. you can't value speech just for the sake of speech as being valid. Because then you're just opening the door for everyone's opinion, no matter how ignorant it is, to be just as valid as someone else's well-researched opinion that's based on facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's like the recipe for the disaster of the situation that we are in today, where you have so many people who think that their ignorance is just as valid as someone else's knowledge. Yeah. And to the point that they're willing or to stick to their guns so. and double down. Yeah. It blows my mind. I mean, that's where the whole QAnon just, thing kind of comes in, yeah. which we could probably spend a lot of time talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing I am scared about, no matter who wins, because... Either way, they're going to be more empowered. Like, if Daddy Trump oh, yeah. wins, QAnon is more powerful. If Biden wins, well, they're still proven right because now Trump is the persecuted leader that they knew all along was going to be taken down by the evil deep state. And they're going to start committing so many more random acts of violence, I think. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear you guys talk about that as well because that's, yeah, probably the one thing that's really been on my mind a lot lately. Well, I think what's going if, to happen. You don't mind, I would like to. Oh, sorry. You know, you can go. I was just going to say, I wanted to touch on that free speech thing a little bit, if you didn't mind. Yeah, please do. I think that's important, like free speech for the sake of free speech. This might, uh, this is, I think, important for all of your liberal viewers to hear, Sean. But uh, in the organization I participate in a little bit, or the uh, field of thought, more so, I should say. When you necessitate or allow people to be able to say anything, you inherently restrict others' abilities to say something. Yeah. And that just comes from the thought of, well, if you're allowing a fascist or if you're allowing a racist to speak openly and have these views and promote them, not only are you promoting acts of violence or the the verbal, the verbal occasion that leads to acts of violence, Mm -hmm. you're also creating an unsafe space for the person at which is being persecuted. 
in that situation. Yeah. So action against that quote unquote free speech is necessary to actually promote true free speech. And that touches on what I was saying earlier about let everyone be whatever the fuck they want as long as it is not exclusive. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, so would either of you like support laws that restrict free speech then? I mean, not from our current government in our current system. Yeah, no, no. right. You know, you know exactly how that would go. Exactly. The leftists will be the first to be fucked over. Yeah. And that's what worries me about something like that. Um, if, well, that's, you know, where I catch the flack if I say something like that, because people only envision it happening in the system that they're currently living in. They don't envision any kind of alternative to any of this. Yeah. Unfortunately. I mean, even if we had like a actual leftist government and put some like anti-fascist speech <laughs> laws on the books, um, what happens if the fascists gain political power again? You know, that's stuff I worry about, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, that's uh, a valid point. I yeah, mean, I guess all of my opinions kind of presuppose having a, a vanguard party. That's, you know, watching out for the true ideals of Marxism, Leninism or whatever. Yeah. Uh, to make sure that you don't have fascist gaining power and to make sure that regardless of who is actually in power, they're following the plan and, you know, sticking to communism. Um, right. It's just it, that kind of is my assumption in that case. Yeah. I don't say that we should limit free speech in America currently because that would it's already a disaster as it is. You know, and it's like Trump is trying to teach the American exceptionalist version of history even more so in schools now like the patriotic history it's like oh yeah you can see where he would be going with that if that kind of power were given to him so as if our the education system isn't already uh nationalistic enough what else are they going to teach <laughs> i mean what the no, fuck do you understand bro like white guys are totally demonizing america i don't know why you would think <laughs> otherwise bro and i think if it keeps going the way it is in 60 years mlk is going to be white and yeah the way that they've defanged and dethroned all revolutionary parts of dr king is an absolute atrocity yeah the way that they've just handled his entire canonization in the books mm -hmm. is laughable really it is it's, can i tell you exactly, something that if you go ahead sorry just real quick something that radicalized me early on this was like six or seven years ago during obama's you know probably either first or actually just gotten reelected. um somebody had made a comment on a post about mlk on reddit and it was deleted shortly after but i read it and i'll never forget it but he was just talking about the history of the civil rights movement and how Martin Luther King was only able to be successful because there was so much violent action behind him that yes. was threatening to get worse if he didn't succeed with his peaceful protest. Like, not only were there violence, was there violence going on in America, but in Vietnam at the time, like, soldiers were fragging their sergeants and their commanding officers, like, purposely blowing them up with grenades or doing, like, suicidal shit even just to, like, hamper their own soldiers because they either were disillusioned by the way that the war was going or possibly even saw the the true nature of it, which is that these people who were holding the workers' revolution and really gaining their own independence were being just dominated by imperial powers, whether it was France or the U.S., and they were standing up for it. And because of that, that was what created the real threat behind the civil rights movement and the peaceful protests that now are the only things that we're allowed to remember about that whole time. Exactly. Oh, go ahead, Cosper. Sorry. No, I think he nailed it on the head there. I was just going to bring up the fact that I'm pretty sure around 70% of the of the United States populace 
during the time in which MLK was assassinated, had a negative opinion of him. Yep. So even true. more to this canonization of, you know, do it the right way because people love the way MLK did it. We stood with him, and it's that's just not the truth at all. No, it and isn't. It's just, no, I love MLK, no, but I love Malcolm X a lot more. Me too. Yes, <laughs> Malcolm X is better, but like, Dude, he's such a Chad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the picture of him holding the rifle in the window. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and MLK, they always like to quote him when it comes to uh, criticizing uh, like violent protests. And MLK, while it wasn't his personal style, he defended the violent rioters and everything of his time. And um, uh, imagine he, that. Yeah, and he was a socialist. I mean, he. Uh, there's plenty of uh, writing about it, and um, it's like he's just been turned into, co-opted by liberals and uh, turned into this um, basically center-right figure. <laughs> uh, yeah. And even Republicans claim him. It radicalized me was seeing Martin Luther King's like just thoughts on socialism and against capitalism and seeing that that was the point when they killed him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I yeah. think something that's really... Go ahead. Oh, just uh, even though he uh, his personal style was a peaceful protest, he was still brutalized and eventually assassinated. So, you know. Yeah, they still killed him. <laughs> Go ahead, Cosper. No, I was just going to say, I think something that's uh, egregiously horrific to me is, is the misinterpretation of the quote that they so often use from MLK is the, you know, the greatest threat to I, th I think it's justice is not the radical, yet it is the, the like, moderate white male, correct? Yeah. And people think that he, he's talking about moderate yeah. in the sense of the American political landscape. What he's really talking about is a liberal in yes. that sense. Yeah. Someone who's not actually willing to fight for something of socialism because that's the basic context at which he's transcribing what he's talking about. Yeah. So people think that <laughs> as long as I don't have, you know, American conservative ideologies, I'm pretty lib and I'm all right. I'm on MLK's side when it's actually not far enough of a step in Martin Luther King's eyes. Yeah. So I another yeah. misinterpretation. Uh, I, I, I know Malcolm X actually said white liberals are the problem. I, and I feel like MLK... Uh, might have used the term liberal uh, to describe it, but uh, there's a quite a few quotes um, that uh, back up what you're talking about of his. I can't remember. I posted them. I'll probably post them again on MLK Day in January, but um, <laughs> I know Malcolm X was was uh, very uh, vocal about how much he saw white liberals as being... Uh, part of the problem for hindering uh, any progress in like a racial justice movement uh what else you guys have any uh any thoughts on QAnon? <laughs> i mean it's just bullshit i don't know why it's so stupid i don't know where to go with that it's just all dumb as fuck <laughs> it's just <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so insane and it's so crazy and yeah, it is so stupid. It's like so blatantly stupid. Like my my short take on it is like, how can you possibly? I mean, like I get that the right is just totally just 
cult deluded at this point, but how do you, even just with any semblance of a functional brain, do you look at a movement that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, just comes together and unites every previous conspiracy theory that existed before, all under one big tent, <laughs> and then puts Trump and certain parts of the military at the head of it and says that these are the heroes who are all going to save us from the government, you know, like the bad part of the government, and you don't realize that that's a military side up? Like, fuck you. Like, you just do not deserve to be taken seriously in any capacity whatsoever. Like, yeah. you, how are you breathing still? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I got one take on it, just a minute one, I guess. And I'll, I will okay. say that I might be giving these people a little bit too much credit here, but I think that these are people who recognize there's something wrong in the system. I don't know if they recognize it in the correct way, if you get what I'm saying. Like, they yeah. might have recognized, like, why aren't we being racist enough for something about nature? Uh-huh. <laughs> but They recognize that elites are bad. Not <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. That's uh-huh. the, I guess that's what I'm going to get at is how important it is for us as leftists to be active and pursuing people when they see faults in the system. That way they don't get misstrewed into something like QAnon and com- suffer complete bl- brain rot, really. Yeah. It, because if you look around, there's so many ways that we could go when we look at why are things the way they are? Why aren't people treated equally? Why is there such just difference in wage and distribution and stuff of this nature. Why are things so bad? There's so many routes you can take when you have these thoughts, when you first have that initial thought. And it's so important for us as the left to be there and say, well, we actually have factual evidence of why things are the way they are. We don't have a sliver of truth that we expand and run a mile with to then find that Soros is funding (laughs) an ideology or something about nature. Yeah. Uh, Listen to us. And it's, it might be harder to do that for some people to listen and actually put in the thought and effort that it takes to become a leftist. And that's not elitism. That's more of an in to become better. Right. Makes sense. Totally. And not use such a horrible, because these conspiracy theories and racism, it's all like having a big puzzle laid out in front of you and you have a piece missing that you just can't quite make out and you just keep shoving the wrong piece in saying this is it. It's racism, it's anti-Semitism, it's whatever, right? It's not something that actually lines up with reality, yet the problem is that they continuously force it to be as such. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah, do we... Probably another red-hot take that I have is that QAnon is something that the left should have done. Like, it almost looks like that's a textbook example of how to start a revolution from the ground up uh-huh. and i think like the only reason that we can't do that kind of same thing on the left is because we're too bound by facts we're too you know principled yeah. in our you know analysis of what's going on and we you know feel the need to work with reality and data and what's actually going on <laughs> in material conditions in people's lives and it's like why did we do that to ourselves we should just treat it like religion and just say whatever the fuck we want it's going to get people on our side and then worry about the facts <laughs> later like <laughs> I mean, at this point, I'm... Too sh- bound by reality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How dare us. <laughs> oh, wait, whoa, whoa, don't pull up the lip quotes. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I mean, there's got to be a way to steer these people in the right direction. I mean, well, I, I actually think that's what we should be doing. Like, that would probably be the most tangible and just productive thing that we could do as leftists is to, like, 
take over the the hashtags for QAnon the way they took over the Proud Boys ones, and then use the Save the Children, use that kind of like yeah. hatred for the elites, and then just transfer it into Marxism. But I've, yeah. I've been saying for a long time, like I at every chance I get, I'll talk about my idea of the workerist movement that was on our first episode as well. But it's like we should just be translating Marxism into Lena, into layman's terms. And just laying that out for people without using any of the scare words that drives them away. Right. I, I mean, we know people are amenable to these ideas when they hear them. They just don't like the words that they've heard that were used in the Cold War to demonize them. Yeah. Yeah, I think. That's you're... another thing is that most people, most of the working class already are socialists. They just, just don't know it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not, it's not like we are so high and mighty that we have to teach them all these things. It's just being there for them and saying this is like where the anger goes if that makes sense not at some immigrant that's migrating over that's actually what someone wants you to believe it's some false <laughs> straw man or something of that nature if you would it's just something they protect they throw up to protect themselves yeah um, yeah, I would love to believe that because we do have the facts on our side and we do have material analysis that we could do something like that and it would attract people but I mean, I do wonder sometimes, like going back to the free speech thing, like I wonder if people really want truth or if they just want comforting, comforting lies, you know? Yeah, it seems like they kind of lean towards the comforting lie. Now we're getting, I was say, no. now we're getting into theory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've tried. What does theory have to say about that? Oh, about if people want, com I don't think that it matters if they do or do not. I think that we have a responsibility to face truth, whatever it may be. Yes. Yeah. That's... Coming from the existentialist uh, field of thought that I follow. Mm -hmm. I, Sorry, I, what were you going to say, Sean? I, I agree completely. You. Yeah, well, I was going to say I tried, I have tried to uh, engage with some QAnon people who will, like, go on about George Soros or something. You know, I've had those people come on my page saying I'm funded by him or something, and it, uh, I'm thinking, like... <laughs> yeah, show the wealth. I, yeah, I... I Do you based... your checks weekly? <laughs> yeah, I, w I wish. I can barely pay my rent right now. And so... <laughs> um, uh, and I'll be like, yeah, George Soros is bad because all billionaires are bad. <laughs> so yeah. you start with that. But then usually they don't like that. But... Because you're, you know, Trump is supposedly a billionaire and uh, whoever else they <laughs> love. Really, they usually love Elon Musk or whatever. So. <laughs> really jerk, jerk off to Elon Musk. What do yeah. you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I think there is just so much truth to uh, the idea that uh, so many working people uh, just can't really it's so hard to like convince them to adopt more socialist ideas because they are so convinced that they eventually will be rich and uh we're basically indoctrinated in this culture to think that's what we should all strive for and uh that that's what brings happiness and it's it's hard to get around that does that make sense <laughs> No, it definitely Absolutely. Does, yeah. In a society where you're brought up to think that, you know, an uh, honorable and a really good thing to become is an oppressor, like a CEO yes. or something of that nature. Like, you want to be in a dominant role over people and dictating them is something people strive for and is, like, socially acceptable. It's just asinine. And right. it just reinforces the, the worst tendencies within ourselves. Yeah. You know? you know, why would you want to own the boot rather than just getting rid of the fucking boot? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
And I, Real quick, I just, can I just ask you guys? Go ahead. Sorry. Go, no, you go. Go. I just wanted to ask a quick question. Like, have you noticed if you post something about Elon Musk, like just not even disparaging, but just saying the truth about what he really is, uh-huh. that people start tagging Grimes in your comments, like it's going to do something? <laughs> yeah, that has happened. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, do you, do you think that she doesn't know who she's with? Like, she doesn't know about the yeah, Elon exactly. and, and all the like. Get the fuck out of here! She's made her bed. She's lying in it. She knows what she's up with. Like, yep. Fuck her. I don't give a fuck. She's like the her. enemy. <laughs> I... Sorry, go ahead, Sean. I'll say that. <laughs> I've never even listened to it. I have no idea what she's about. Oh, yeah. I, I really don't know any music past Lady Gaga, her debut. So... <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh, I'm definitely... Dude, I'm a musician. I don't even listen to music anymore. It's all podcast now. Oh, yeah? Oh. <laughs> I have the gayest music taste ever, and I basically listen to what gay boomers listen to. <laughs> so it's like Madonna and Cher. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so. And by the way, I mean, I. on emo and classic rock. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's where I'm. I guess I'm. I'm. I break with so many leftists. I'm. I. I do not have that kind of leftist musical taste at all. <laughs> Give me some Britney Spears. Give me some, give me some oh, pink. All the bougiest music. Fucking <laughs> Britney Spears wrote theory, dog. Work, bitch. Come yeah, on. it's Comrade Britney. <laughs> Come on. Comrade Britney. So, so wait, how much of that is ironic and how much of that is real? Like, what, are there any real leftist messages in, in Britney stuff? Like, even, no. like, somewhat subtle? I, I think that Britney no, is. Th- I'm just, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm like a diehard fan. I've seen her in concert multiple times. I know everything about her. <laughs> I think that she's a moron, and she she does not have any clue what socialism even is. And uh, she just whoever manages her social media account posted that I don't remember. I don't uh, know if you remember about back in March, her Instagram the shirt. Uh, uh, there was they posted it was it was a repost of someone who was an actual socialist and it was a nice quote but it it talked about like wealth redistribution and uh some socialist concepts and so everyone started calling her comrade britney and she also uses the rose emoji (laughs) a lot the rose emoji Uh, but i am i am yeah (laughs) But, you know, I wish that she was part of DSA, you know, um, but uh, there's no way. I think that she just likes roses and that's all that there is, there is to it. OK, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I I wonder sometimes like what is really going on with her, because from what I understand is that she's like really under the thumb of her management or her family or whoever. Is, like, yeah, like, she she has no rights. Life. I had a lot of sympathy for her when I heard about that. Yeah, I I I support the free Britney movement. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> She yeah. has no control over any of her money, her assets. She, her, her dad uh, is her. Um, uh, uh, I forget the term. Manager. What it? Huh? Her manager. Uh no. Uh, there's a term. Oh, it's it's a, probably beneficiary. Oh, like her power of attorney. No, he controls everything. Like he determines how much her allowance is every month. She has an allowance. Wow. And she's almost forty. So yeah, I. That's crazy. And it's 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 something that only happens to people who are like severely mentally ill, or or they're like ninety something right. years old and they can't manage their shit. Oh, it's like her ward or something like. <sighs> yeah, there's a term. Fuck, I forget what it's called. It's a legal term. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure it's not power of attorney? It's not. 
Um, okay. But she's trying to get out yeah, of it. Conservator. Conservatorship. Conservator. Yes. I've never even heard that before. <laughs> yeah. So her dad is her conservator, and he's a far-right Trump supporter. And uh, <sighs> he just has been leeching off her for ages. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I mean, <laughs> you don't want to talk well, about Brady. I also add to that, like, <laughs> I don't know if you guys listen to the Truanon podcast, but, and I definitely didn't expect to talk about this at all, but I kind of have a lot of sympathy for Paris Hilton in the same way. Um, I don't know if you heard What's her deal? episode I'm talking about. <laughs> They sent her to like uh, these like rehab camps, and it 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 really is a very in depth episode that the True Non podcast did. It's a fantastic episode and just a great show overall. But there are these like rehab, basically like work camps that they send people to. And the host of the show, he was like a former drug addict, and he's been to them himself. Some of the same ones that Paris Hilton was sent to, and he's describing the conditions of these things and. People get like raped, like all kinds of vicious sexual assaults, like abuse of every kind, just like yeah. any kind of like awful shit you can think of is happening at these places. And even from the start, they're not even based on any science to begin with. Like ostensibly, they're supposed to be able to help you to kick drugs and all these things. But all the stuff that they're based on is like this pseudo religious and pseudoscience kind of stuff that is just really woo. And it's just really scary that these things even exist, but are also then pushed by a lot of doctors or like mostly celebrity doctors that yeah. seem to be having the kind of shows like where they heal celebrities from their addictions or whatever. But yeah, I mean, when I heard that Paris Hilton was not somebody that I think about right. ever, or that I would have had any kind of sympathy before because, you know, just being a rich heiress and just being yeah, I know, an yeah. asshole in general <laughs> yeah. in the media. But <laughs> what they described is basically like the personality that you see of her is a complete facade. And like, she actually has a different voice than this, like that scratchy voice that she usually has. And it's like, only sometimes does it does it come out, and then she oh, like will quickly I, correct I it. That. Dude, it's yeah. crazy when you hear it. Like it's I recommend like a, anybody check it out. Yeah. Oh, what? Huh. What was she forced into that? She was forced to go to these places, but then it looks like what they were describing is like they're not trying to make a psychological diagnosis on the podcast, but it seems to be that she like kind of invented this other persona so that she could like disassociate from the trauma that she was going through. Huh. She's kind of been forever put into that like she's in the dark place like it's crazy yeah that's sad dude jeez <laughs> i'll have to look into that i i honestly being a part of a podcast i don't listen to any other in like rev left i need yeah. to check that out yeah i rarely listen to podcasts anymore because i just got so overwhelmed with all the podcasts that i had been listening to it's like every mm. day there's several new episodes that come up on my feed and i eventually just like fuck it i'm done with podcasts <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah it can get overwhelming i mean I'm, my brain is just poisoned by online at this point like i'm just i'm fully into it and i've just accepted it but uh yeah i'm just i'm deep in and i listen yeah. to a lot of podcasts i consume a lot of obviously internet uh just content yeah yeah i i'm not gonna stop listening to them i just i listen to them way less than i did i guess and also, I just keep, uh, it's like I keep getting more and more radicalized, and then uh, one podcast will be like, oh, this is too lib for me now, I'm, I'm moving <laughs> to something else. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep. Yep. laughs> so that happens a lot. Uh, There's been some some music that I'll <laughs> listen to, and that'll happen, sadly enough, dude, that's like the worst thing. Yeah, yeah, there are like, like... go back and watch a show or something, you'll be like, this is just lib. Totally. Oh, my God. For me, <laughs> I 
I used to just love Will and Grace, but now, all because Deborah Messing is such a lib cunt, I cannot stand to watch it. <laughs> I fucking hate Deborah this Messing. This sounds so like on the nose, but I used to love the West Wing. Oh yeah, oh, no. that's as lib oh, as it gets. Understandable, actually. <laughs> no, I was like all in the like you know American politics. I want the best, and I was like trying to chase the best that I had offered to me. And that show ripped to me. It was like, man, look at these people working together. And then, you know, like the older I've got, I've realized they're not really, I mean, they're working together to keep the status quo is what's crazy about that. Right. It's not actually any progressiveness or like true material gains in people's lives. It's really just playing with, well, how many human rights can we give them? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I really like the first season of House of Cards. I'll admit that. I thought that was a good show. Never watched it. <clears throat> yeah. It I, I mean, it started I mean, it just plays with the corruption in politics and everything. But again, it's like, it's a fantasy. Um, but I try really hard to just compartmentalize my online radical leftist life and then my real life. Because, I mean, I just definitely cannot go around in real life acting like, you know, turn leftist on Instagram and saying the shit that I say on there. Like, it has to be saved for that kind of space where that kind of stuff is acceptable to say. Yeah. Angela Davis has a good quote on that. What's that? Do you have it off the top of your head? Um, or even just the gist of it, if you can remember. Something, yeah, the gist of it is, is that you have, to be, you have to wake up radical every day in an attempt that you might actually get progress made. Actually, you know what? I don't want to not do it justice. The quote kicks ass. Angela yeah, Davis and- being the amazing Marxist feminist that she is. Let me look that up real quick. Here it is. Here it is. Okay. So the Angela Davis quote I'm talking about is you have to act as if it were possible to radically transform the world and you have to yeah. do it all the time. Yep, that's it. Angela Davis is one of my absolute favorite people ever, but I'm just so, so upset that she endorsed Biden. <laughs> I was going to say, like, how do you feel about that? No, she, are you, wait, what? She did? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was a very. She's known for not endorsing anybody. I know. Oh, my God. It was a very begrudging. <laughs> If you watch it, I can't remember. It was some interview, uh, uh, but it's a very begrudging endorsement. You clearly can tell she doesn't like Biden, but um, she yeah. she has the very basically the same view that Noam Chomsky has on voting for Biden, um, yeah. which is like I know I'm like done with Chomsky. I'm not giving up on Angela Davis, but I'm done. For me, he had he had his time. I will always appreciate manufacturing yeah. consent and all that. Manufacturing consent. But yes. yeah, but to me, uh, I, he's just another rich white boomer that needs to go <laughs> at this point. Society has progressed beyond the need for Noam Chomsky. <laughs> it has. Yeah, him and Vosh. Oh, I hate Vosh. <laughs> oh, he's Sorry. terrible. I, I wish Sorry. I knew more about him. Like I know everybody hates him, but Sorry. I really don't know much about him. He's a market socialist. Uh, do you guys think he has any value in at least radicalizing people, or is he just a detriment overall? I do. Yeah, I, I don't know enough. He has value in radicalizing, like, light light libs, if you would, like diet libs. Yeah. So, like, you could get those people to sway over, but I, I think that the main grievance I have with Fosh, if I do, is I don't think that his views should be an endpoint, and I don't know if I know enough about him to think that he thinks that his views are an endpoint either, which hopefully he does not. Maybe he sees them as se- uh, stepping stones, which may be just another form of social chauvinism. Uh, but 
ultimately, I, th I hope and think that he recognizes that maybe his views are steps necessary in creating an environment which can, you know, necessitate a vanguard or something of the nature. Uh -huh. Yeah, I do always hope that people like him are just hiding their power level and are purposely trying to be that stepping yeah. stone to radicalize people. Yeah. Right, that's that's the benefit I'm giving. Before I throw too much shade, I, I know I shouldn't, you know, left unity all the way. It's just, oh yeah, I, I think it's important to recognize <laughs> that that's market socialism is not the end. And I may need to do more research myself on him. Yeah, I don't know enough about him. But I can say there is something to be said for, like, those those people that are stepping stones because I I would probably my first step into a somewhat left uh, perspective was like Sam Cedar and uh, you know Sam Cedar I've heard the name I just don't know his, his stuff I do not. you know the majority report no. I've heard of it. Damn! I think I've actually heard him. Oh my god. Days, <laughs> I'm dude, surprised. Chill, chill out, chill out. I told you I was a theory nerd. <laughs> no, okay, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I, was, I was up front. <laughs> well, uh, maybe you'll, you do you know Michael Brooks, who recently died? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Wait, well, wait, 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 wait. Yes, 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 yes. I'm sorry, yes. Michael, Michael Brooks and Sam Cedar uh, are like, they were like partners, and Michael Brooks was like his co-host on Majority Report, and then Michael also had his own show. Um, oh. and Michael was more into theory and stuff. He's a lot smarter, uh, than, uh, Sam, but, um, uh, yeah, they were like stepping stones, but you don't know who they are, so it doesn't matter. But basically they're the, they were the kind of, <laughs> they were the kind of Vouch types, uh, I guess. But as far as I know what Vouch was, but Michael, I guess, was further left than Sam, but Sam is also, he's like one of the very few somewhat left people that they allow on msnbc so uh okay. <laughs> he does do commentary there um and like you know he was a bernie guy uh but he's also he's basically a social democrat and oh like another one would be you probably know secular talk kyle kalinsky oh yeah yes. yeah like that kind of that kind of okay. uh yeah. that was another stepping stone for me uh, but now I don't really like Kyle, <laughs> so... <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think these are all guys who have the same kind of... They occupy that same space where they are helping to radicalize people, and I'm sure Absolutely. they're purposely... Or hopefully, I hope that they're watering down their message so that they can get that kind of majority appeal and be on places like NBC and have the, the far reach that they have, which is great. Like, I would never try to start battles with these people or try to trash them because they're definitely valuable. And I mean, I got to admit, they're doing a lot more for leftism than I've ever done. Right. Uh, just right. materially because they're reaching so many people and hopefully radicalizing them. But at the same time, you know, that doesn't make for good memes. It doesn't make for good entertaining content. If you're going to like have a fucking Instagram page where you post controversial edgy shit. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think of the Jim Angela Davis thing? I will say just one quick thing. Uh -huh. That's the one way if you want to win an argument with me, and you want to vote shaming and voting for Biden, I have no comeback for that. Like, Angela <laughs> Davis, like, I respect her so much. Like, if somebody says that, I just, I either have to block them or just, like, <laughs> leave them alone and just admit defeat. Because what else can I say? Like, you know, I, I have no comeback for that. So if anybody wants to uh, oh. beat me up online, that's how you do it. <laughs> well, people have tried that with me. And I, I have said, um, okay, so you you care about what she says about this election. So um, then if you want me to vote for Biden, then you need to become a communist like she is. Uh, because she's been an outspoken <laughs> communist for decades. All of a sudden, the libs care about what yeah. she says just because she endorsed Biden. But she uh -huh. is a hardcore communist. I mean, that's her 
Mm-hmm. That's how she's been One forever. So, leaders of the Black Panther Party. She's, I mean, the, her work is almost unprecedented. Yeah. In, in the sense, oh, so she's a fucking tanky, is what you're saying. <laughs> 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 MLM, man. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, she's one of the few people, and granted, like others have done this, but similar to Simone de Beauvoir, that have yeah. been able to live and see their work transpire in front of them, which I can only imagine is such a beautiful thing at the time when, hell, she announced she was a communist and stuff of this nature, and uh, you know, she's prosecuted for so many different things and becomes on or gets on the FBI's top 10 most wanted. And yeah, I mean, what have you? It's yeah, things have changed for a little bit of the better, I think. While they're yeah. still bad and not where we need to be, I think that we need to recognize that we are moving a little bit forward, if you would, in the sense of gaining comrades. I think, yeah, I, I would agree for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not as dangerous to come out as. A communist now as it used to be so that's something and also yeah i don't want to draw that false equivalency of the usage of the word coming out as being a communist in the sense of how it's also coming out and being you know in your sexuality oh no those are two indefinitely different things and i don't right. want to step on that of course yeah good point um what do you, you know, guys the reason i bring that up is because ben shapiro's sister did that video of coming out as a conservative that just pissed me off. Oh, God. Using using that language that is so, like, inbreded or embedded, sorry, with that, like, action of, you know, talking and being honest about your sexuality and then fucking being a conservative, dude, that is disrespectful as all hell. Yeah. What's his sister's name? Abby. Molly, isn't it? Oh, Abby. Abby Shapiro. Huh. I think it's a some classically Abby is her YouTube. I don't get around much on the social sphere of YouTube. The only real like I guess leftist people that I follow are uh, Hassan uh, Three oh, yeah. Arrows, and that's about it. Um, Hassan... I mean, I, da- I dabble in people like Philosophy Tube and ContraPoints every now and then, but I don't. My ideology isn't exactly the same as theirs. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I, I like ContraPoints and Hassan. I'm assuming you're talking about Hassan Piker? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's not as as left as I'd like him to be, but he's good. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, pretty based no. most of the time. My, yeah, I mean, my thing about all this is, is that I believe in critical support with all leftists, I think, is that we can point out the good things that they've done while also talking about the bad. <laughs> what do you guys think of Jimmy Dore? Oh, I'm Jimmy Dore is there, right? Yeah. I've heard him a couple times on other shows. Um, like, I actually, I'm sometimes a Joe Rogan listener. Uh, yeah, you know, that might me too. Online, <laughs> Joe Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll skip it if it's obviously, like, pretty much anybody on the right. Like, if it's uh, if he's having Tim Pool or Ben Shapiro or some shit on there, I'm not even going to bother. Oh, yeah, and no pretty way. Much if he has a comedian on there, don't bother. But it's like, if it's a scientist or, like, somebody who's got... Hey comrades, so we had some technical difficulties here and the sound dropped out, so uh, the conversation breaks here and we try to get back in where we left off. Sorry about that. Tell me what you guys said, because the last thing I heard was like, uh, Cosper called me a Joe bro. Oh yeah, so... Uh, You were about to, what I heard was you were about to get in like, I'll still watch him if he's got like cool scientists or... Yeah, and then it cut, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that was that's basically it. Like if he's got like a good guest on that I think is not gonna be some kind of just pushing a far right ideology like he just tends to platform way too often, I'll listen to it. And he's had Jimmy Dore on there a few times, which I think is great that he gives him that platform. Mm-hmm. And he seems like he's probably mostly lib but definitely still has some good takes on things. But I wanted to see what uh, Sean thought about him because I think he probably knows the most about Jimmy Dore. Yeah, I actually watch Jimmy Dore more than any other left YouTube person. <laughs> so he's probably pretty good then. Uh, I I do like him a lot. Um, I can't really pinpoint exactly where he is, uh, ideologically speaking, but he's definitely not a liberal. Uh, he's he's pretty left and... Um, Oh, good. Uh, he he yeah he um he mainly just criticizes Democrats and liberals. He uh uh is very 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 harsh, <laughs> but I like it. Um, and he basically thinks Biden is the greater evil than Trump. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, but he has he makes a lot of good points, and I think he's a really good person. You can tell actually if you is listen. Is he saying he's going to vote for Trump? Oh, no, no, no. He hates Trump. And his problem with Biden is that Biden is basically too close to Trump uh, ideologically. And um, And does he think the same thing that people are just going to, you know, de-escalate their energy for politics if he wins? uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think I think that sounds like something he would definitely believe. But I guess I can't think of a specific instance. Um. He's he's all about voting uh, a third party. I think he's he voted green in 2016, and I think he's going to do it again. Uh, I don't know. He he thinks the Democratic Party as a whole is just irredeemable and it's bad. And um, he's good, and he has a lot of good people on. Um, uh, I like him. Yeah, I I could see he gets he's very emotional. So uh, I guess I could see why sometimes he gets carried away. Um, with his emotions and maybe some people could be put off by how angry he gets, but I like it. So whatever. I, I recommend him. I think he makes a lot of good points and, uh, he's, uh, one of the better YouTube people, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I like still, everything that I've heard of in my life. So yeah, I'm still, uh, learning though about more, more left commentators and stuff. Uh, you know, I only recently started listening to, I don't like Chapo Trap House and stuff, and I know that's a big one. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say that's my like that's my Jimmy Dore. Like by far, yeah. that is my favorite podcast, just because I find it the most entertaining, but also does have some like really informative and good analysis. Yeah, and uh, you know, just from my point of view, like I feel like I, I want to be the dirtbag left. Like that's you know how I feel like about all of this in general. It's like there's obviously plenty of people who are controversial and edgy on the right and if you're like yeah that's what we should be doing on the left is just being unafraid to say whatever you know hot takes we want to say and the dirtbag left is something that has been sorely needed for a long time and i'm just really glad that it exists now yeah i agree and uh i like hearing that because uh, frankly i've been holding back over the past month (laughs) um (laughs) i just uh i've just been very depressed about uh, this election and how so many people, uh, liberals and people on the left have been reacting to it. You know, people who I really admired are like hardcore vote shaming assholes now. And I, it just makes me so mad. I get so mad when they, people vote shame. <laughs> I, I basically. I have a, a strange question. Do you think that there is 
a segment of the right that is purposely acting like neoliberals and vote shaming to keep people from going to the polls? Because I will say that, like, as much as when I, you know, argue with righties online, they make me want to actually just, you know, acquiesce and vote for Biden. But then I'll go into like neoliberal for like five seconds, and I'm like, oh my god, fuck you people! I will just go. Yep. I'd rather for Trump than deal with you guys. You people are assholes. Like they're so smug and they're so condescending about their shit, and they feel like they are actually progressives who are doing more than left because they think that they're going to push something from the middle that's going to help people. It's like history has shown that to not be true, and they just don't want to learn that lesson. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, your question was about do you, do I think right wingers are doing it just to lose votes for biden yeah i mean or... i wonder that sometimes like i i had the i have so many paranoias about like just online culture in general because i see things like reddit in particular i think is very influenced by the military like i it's gonna make me sound like a tinfoil hatter but i really think that there are a lot of like military uh psyops online who are just manufacturing consent that way and i think reddit's huh. probably the biggest hub for it um but i wonder sometimes if people are, are online you know are right-wingers or even fascists pretending to be neoliberals and using that, you know, language of tolerance and acceptance to, you know, try to shame people and really piss off leftists who would otherwise just, you know, reluctantly vote for Biden. Um, because those have been by far the ones that make me just not want to, even if there would be some material benefit to me to Biden winning over Trump. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I don't know. I, the people who I have the most problem with are people who I know are real and they were like big bernie supporters or whatever and that's how i like learned about them and then all of a sudden uh you know they they become this like vote shaming asshole and so like josh fox would be one of them obviously i know he's not a right winger but um you know josh fox no oh okay well he he was a bernie surrogate and he uh is a director who directed a a film about fracking called Gasland that was nominated for an Oscar. Oh, I heard about that one, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, and now he's like this horrible vote-shaming asshole and uh, oh, just says... see it. It's the most disgusting shit he posts. And um, and there's quite a few people like that who... so they're Like, I know that they're not some right-winger trying to get votes away from Biden. So I really can't tell you. I don't know. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Uh, it doesn't matter because I'm not going to vote for Biden no matter what. So, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of the question at the end of it is like pragmatically, what difference does it make? Even if there are a whole lot of bots online, like, you know, it's not going to, hopefully we are immune to propaganda. Who knows though? Yeah, I, I would say probably no one is really immune to it, but <laughs> I am. Um, uh, maybe you, I don't know. <laughs> just built different before. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, yeah, I mean, nobody's immune to propaganda, sadly. Yeah. Uh, I get a boner every time I see uh, Yuri holding a hammer and sickle in space. So. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that's the one thing that kind of surprises me and maybe worries me a little bit is how much I now like the Soviet aesthetic. Like, I do actually like the Soviet anthem now. And, like, the anthem, <laughs> I think it's actually a really catchy tune, and I kind of like it a lot, <laughs> which I never would have pictured myself being into, like, a year ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude jumping off of that i think the thing that i'll say is like i and this may be really weird but i don't watch that many like leftist youtubers but i watch a shit ton of right-wing youtubers just so i can like dunk on them in my fucking head and i think that's the thing that's yeah. got me like wanting to 
do this podcast and stuff of that nature is like I've watched so much of this stuff and heard so much of this rhetoric that I just I know what's going to be said and I, I love just like hate watching it. <laughs> that makes sense. Wow. You have to listen to the uh, I don't speak German podcast. That's all he oh. does. It's a uh, it's two guys and they just uh. one guy listens to and uh, watches all the far right YouTubers and the Nazis online who are in their Nazi safe spaces saying what they don't think anyone's going to hear and then they just report on it and just talk about them and say what's going on in that community oh. and, uh, it's it's a really entertaining podcast it's kind of scary but I highly recommend it especially if that's something you're already doing I can oh. only imagine that sounds very interesting I, I, I mean, just I'm... can't stomach that shit I really can't at this point like for me just watching uh I don't know, Joy Reid on MSNBC makes me so mad. <laughs> I mean, and that, because that is too far right for me. And then, like, someone like Ben Shapiro, oh, God, to me, that, that we just need to, like, take care of that guy. <laughs> I mean, I, you know who I've watched? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You, you use your imagination. So that he turns into a socialist. Um, yeah, that's the best answer. There you go. Do you guys know that Matilda is his cousin, the actress who plays Matilda, <laughs> who played Matilda? No way. Yeah, Mara yeah, Wilson. She's based, though. Like she's cool. She is. She's like a socialist kind of, or she's at least Hell left. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's interesting. But um, you know, that actually kind of makes me think of. I don't know if you have another point you're trying to get to, Sean, but just real quick, it kind of makes me think of another pretty hot take that I have, which I think is, um, guys who are like straight white guys like you know people like me i feel like we almost have an obligation to try to infiltrate far right spaces yeah um, like i have always thought that it would be a good idea to like like i i'm very into firearms i belong to a gun range and uh -huh. when i go there i make sure to not to wear my socialist rifle association t-shirt or anything right. like that yeah. but um <laughs> i'm always surprised by how many like guys that are there with QAnon shirts that they're proudly wearing Oh. Just like obviously, you know, they're they are. If you just have the slightest bit of small talk with anybody, like some far right shit will start coming out of their mouths in, in just yes. very soon. Um, but I almost think it's like we should be doing that. Like, there should be an effort among guys who fit in with that to infiltrate those spaces and at the very least see what's going on, possibly report them to the FBI if they start planning some shit, like in Michigan. Um, I think that would be a very useful thing. And every time I've said that online, left the spaces, they're like. Oh, how dare you? That would be a terrible thing for you to even suggest. You're not immune to propaganda. You're going to get co-opted and uh, indoctrinated in the fire. I'm like, come on, give me a little more credit than that, bro. No. Yeah. Well, I I definitely think that if you can stomach it, you should go for it. <laughs> okay? But yes. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, I, and that's a fair point to be made that, like, not everybody's immune to propaganda and people can be lost in that kind of action. It's, yeah. Yeah difficult but i think that hell if you can do it man you get so much good work done and like you can identify so many more nazis that you can do whatever with really yeah uh, whatever kind of response that you have in anti-fascist action <laughs> you guys know dave rubin <laughs> yeah yeah unfortunately oh my god one of the most vile people alive but um, <laughs> I mean you've got to hate him more than anybody like there's yeah gotta be such a betrayal just like yes well, here's the thing. Okay, he started, when he started his show, he was a liberal, uh, like, atheist commentator. That was his thing. And I, I was, before I became a leftist, I was very into the atheist community scene, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And, and um, Sam Harris, death cult. Yes. Yep. I was obsessed with Sam Harris, who, whom I now abhor. 
But um, <laughs> yeah, I used to listen to his podcast, and I can't that's stand very, it anymore. That's such oh. a common thing with the left, I think. Yeah. That's oh. weird. He disgusts me so much now. I mean, I started getting grossed out, like, in 2017, I want to say, when he had Charles Murray on and was, like, agreeing oh. with everything he said. Um, so, <laughs> so gross. So gross. He's disgusting. He's a horrible person. Uh, and Wait, he, isn't Charles Murray the bell curve? Yeah, yes. he's, all, he's like Bernard Cross when he was a teenager, but yeah, he's mostly known for the bell curve. Yep. And just all the, he, he had another really racist book, too. Yeah, Charles Murray is complete trash, and Sam Harris just loves him. So, um, <laughs> uh, of course so he does. Dave so Rubin, he started out as like that kind of person, like a Harris, I guess, Dawkins, except not intelligent. Right. Um, and, um, <laughs> except not a doctor. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Sam Harris was actually uh, Dave's first guest ever on his show. And of course. so that's how I got introduced to the show, because I was a total Sam Harris fanboy. I, I've seen him live speak several times. I have all of his books. He's signed several of the books, mm. like that kind of person. And um, so uh, I watched his show for a full year and uh, and he kind of gradually started getting into this right wing shit. And um I almost, I could have seen myself falling for it, but, uh, like, I could see someone at least falling, um, for that shit, because it was so gradual, and, um, he just gradually started having more and more of these right-wing commentators on, and, uh, I eventually just had to cut it off completely when he had, um, uh, uh, oh, he's that vile, um, Dinesh, it's Dinesh D'Souza. Dinesh D'Souza, yeah. That was, like, the first one where I'm like, okay, uh, I think I'm done here. (laughs) I mean, that guy is a nut job. I mean, just far-right, disgusting, evil piece of shit. (laughs) Um, And just Ruben just agrees with everything he said. And, um, uh, but... Yeah, I I um would like But the right has to have their tokens like that. They have to have Yeah. Them. Um and I I think that some people kind of got pushed to the right because of that. Uh I I, I like I basically gave up on the atheist community altogether a couple of years ago because it's like just so many just cishet white men who love capitalism and stuff. So Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of them are just ANCAPs, it's gross. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, um, but, uh, I forgot where I was going with that, but, anyway, Dave, that's all right. (laughs) Um, Dave Rubin is trash, and, uh, I, um, think, I don't get how he's become so popular, (laughs) because he has more subscribers than more, most, uh, these right-wing people online certainly than all the left-wing people like tons of people's follow this guy and he's so clearly an idiot yeah 1.3 mil jesus um that's like tim cole numbers yeah like he's he was the atheist guy and now he's like a christian and he like was he's talked about being convinced by i don't know like jordan peterson or someone that Yeah, and and I, like I'm convinced he's going to be anti-gay like in a year, <laughs> and he's married to a man. So, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and he's basically I mean, the right hypocrisy knows no bounds. So I don't yeah. put anything past him. And he's like anti-choice now too. I think or like almost Jesus. there. 
and he used to be very pro-choice. So it's that's yeah, it's fucked up. Okay, so uh, I want to like close up on one last topic, if that's okay. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, yeah, for sure. So since it's October and we have Halloween coming up, uh, I'm a big horror fanatic. Uh, it's my favorite genre. Um, I'm just wondering if you guys have any like horror film recommendations that might have some kind of like leftist message or something or just any horror film in general that you would recommend whatever that's a great question i've never even <laughs> thought about that but that's a great question uh-huh. Possibly, do you have anything because i'd have to think about it for a minute i have a few oh, no i wish i got prepped on this one before <laughs> i could have come up with some analysis it's all right oh. um i i just watched for the first time this film called society have you, either of you seen it it's no, it's not. It's on Prime. I mean, uh, sorry, I, I watch Prime. <laughs> um, Don't <laughs> uh, No ethical consumption. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it might be on a few other streaming services, but uh, it is a, a blast. It's a, it's like this really fun horror film uh, about. Uh, it takes place in like Beverly Hills, and it it's. Uh, the rich basically um and they 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 groom these people uh into their circles and then they like eat them literally uh and um it it it, it has this like very very anti-ruling class message and um it's basically these rich people taking advantage of working class people and uh they turn into these really grotesque, uh, uh, I guess, monsters. It's like body horror, if you know what that is. It's like the things that they do with yeah. these people is freaky. Oh, yeah. Um, and they they uh, eat uh, <laughs> people. And um, it, it's, it's, I, I think uh, I'm not explaining it well at all. I'm trying to remember it. <laughs> and, uh, but I got to watch it again. And I just highly recommend it. It's a blast. If someone's looking for like a very serious A movie, I wouldn't go there. Uh, it's kind of B, but um, I think it, I think it was really good. I like, honestly, it's one of the best horror movies that I've seen. <laughs> and I've seen a lot. So. You know, Billy Boy? The rich have always sucked off low class shit like you. That sounds um, great. Like, I'm actually going to check it out. Yeah, you should. Um, and I also just watched, uh, I, I, I'm subscribed to Shudder, which is the horror platform. Oh, yeah, uh, that's a great channel. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, they have a. Uh, a series on that where they talk about just the history of horror and uh, when they talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre it totally made me see it in a different light it, uh, they had this like academic on there who was talking about how it has a very anti-capitalist pro-worker message and it's about um, just the uh, frustration of the working class during this era they were getting laid off by these uh, I don't know meat packing jobs or something <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so it's like a commentary on uh on how <laughs> the workers uh were dealing with all that and also a commentary on the meat industry 
the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a very American story and, and in some ways uh, a capitalistic story. The place where they shoot the cattle in the head with that big air gun thing. Oh, that, that, that gun's no good. I was in there once with my uncle. What Texas Chainsaw Massacre is really about is a family of dispossessed workers. With a sledge. <laughs> See, that was better. They died better that way. Because of automation and loss of jobs, they no longer have the means, you know, to earn their, a living for themselves. It's a new way people put out jobs. The oppressed working class turn the tools of their trade back upon their former employers, the chainsaw, the hammer, and so on. But it's also tied in with psychic repression because like, people love the meat on their plate but don't want to think about how it gets made. And by substituting the teenagers for the cattle and the former dispossessed workers enacting revenge against them, it's a kind of unrepression both of meat itself and of working class labor. Um, so I, I recommend that too, I guess. <laughs> kind of like the jungle? The Jungle, what's that? That's that old Upton Sinclair novel when he, he wrote it. And it was all about like these immigrants who worked in meatpacking plants and they were getting like hurt and injured or whatever. And, you know, just terrible exploitative conditions. And his whole point was that like capitalism is ruining these people's lives by exploiting them for their cheap labor. And then the president, whoever it was at the time, I want to say it was like a Roosevelt or somebody, um, read the novel and was so affected by it, but totally got the wrong message and just like created the FDA because he thought it was about food safety and all like the because he's reading about people's limbs that are getting chopped off and falling into the meat. And he's like, oh, that's terrible. We got to have some regulations in here, but not for labor or for protecting people, just to make sure our food is safe and not getting their limbs in it. Who cares if they get yeah. cut off? Just keep them out of the vats. Like, yeah. That's when people try to celebrate celebrate uh, Teddy Roosevelt in the wrong way. <laughs> uh, I have a recommendation, though. Okay. I guess. Uh, I would recommend people go watch They Live, which is a oh, John yes. Carpenter movie. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Great call. That is... Uh, John Carpenter, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and uh, view it through historical materialists and do a little bit of replacement for aliens and make them the bourgeois. Uh -huh. And then the petty bourgeois are those carrying out the deeds yeah and the yeah. more we de develop class consciousness the more we can put on those glasses is all i'm gonna say yep yep i i, I mean, watch they live and then watch the 10 minute uh zizek thing on youtube where he talks about they live and he just breaks down the whole thing in just a few minutes and shows that oh message for what god. it is did he really oh my god I, I, the fact that you haven't seen that is making me so happy knowing that you're gonna see that now dude i show I that read, to everybody yeah. i possibly can <laughs> i've read all of zizek's books oh my uh. god this is gonna be <laughs> 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 oh this is why i need to get more involved on the internet and just out of my books jesus yeah i mean jesus has a movie called the pervert's guide to ideology and i just found it one night on netflix by accident and i'm like who the fuck is this guy that talks so weird and like it's constantly sniffing like what is going on here what is this a real thing that i'm watching like this is a serious dude and then it wasn't until way later that i really delved into leftism that i found out that jizek is jizek and who he is and everything and then I fucking love him now, and he's great, but it's he's... just like, that was such a mind-blower for me. Oh my god, I love him. I love him in his coke nose, dog. I do that's <laughs> He's the best, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a good recommendation for a horror movie. Like, I just, um, I mean, I really like The Thing, and I really yeah. like The Shining. And I think um, he talks Another a lot about The Shining. Oh, is that what The Thing is? Yeah. Oh, that's right, it is, yeah. 
Uh, I'm not much for directors or anything. I really should be. It's terrible, especially as a lit major that I don't know a lot of that stuff. But what I did take from my college experience is that even if a message is not contained in a work of art like that, you can put it in there anyway. Because I remember just being in all these college classes and we would read like, these really in-depth messages into these seemingly simple stories. And I'd be asking these professors, like, is this really what the author intended? And they'd be like, maybe, maybe not. But it also doesn't matter <laughs> because if, if it's there, we can read into it and we can say that. And I'm like, right. you could probably do that with The Thing um, or with The Shining. You could probably read some kind of class conscious message in there. All right, on that note, I would like to wish all of my comrades a happy Halloween, and uh, I encourage you all to vote for whoever you see fit. And, you know, I know these are dark times, but just hang in there. Uh, The election will be over very soon, and our movement for a better world will continue. So rest up, because we're going to need to fight harder than ever, no matter who wins. And we need as many people in the fight as possible. So until next time, take care. Oh, workers, can you stand it? Oh, tell me how you can. Will you be a lousy scab or will you be a man? Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Don't scab for the bosses. Don't listen to their lies Us poor folks haven't got a chance Unless we organize Which side are you on?